The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best. Welcome to our April 2020 edition of Winners and Losers on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to take a look back on the month and talk about some of the trends behind the biggest movers, shakers, and slackers in the SEO world. Joining us for Winners and Losers is Tyson Stockton, who is the Vice President of Services. Tyson manages Searchmetrics' SEO content and client success organizations. And outside of shepherding their largest and most strategic clients to SEO success, He's dug through the search metric suite to help you understand who's making moves in the SEO community. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my monthly sit down with Searchmetrics' VP of Services, Tyson Stockton. Tyson, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks, Ben. Back again. I think this is month two of Winners and Losers during COVID-19. Month two of you recording podcasts from your bedroom, in sweatpants, just like the rest of us. For the record, everybody, I put jeans on today. Big mistake. I know, I'm regretting it already. That said, it's been an interesting month in the SEO world. Obviously, everything is colored by the shelter in place. The coronavirus dominates the headlines for the news story. Let's just start off there. In the SEO world, what are we seeing as it relates to the coronavirus? Yeah, and it's been interesting kind of monitoring what's been going on across a lot of these verticals because we saw, and we kind of highlighted this in the last webinar where we saw changes in search demand that then we kind of spoke on on previous podcasts even how that impacts visibility based on just the demand rising. But then also we've been seeing really interesting things from a behavior standpoint of 
clicks, going to websites with no conversions, and what the behavior between like transactional versus informational intents. So that's been something that's been continuing to evolve as we go into this. And if we take one of the industries that in the beginning had some activity, but I think a little more kind of conservative, people weren't sure of how long this was going to last, how deep the economic impact was. So you saw people holding on to spending. And really, I'd say this last month, we've seen e-commerce kind of open back up a fair amount, at least especially with like the big players. So last month when we talked about what was happening with the coronavirus, it was early days. We didn't have a ton of data. We saw some fluctuations in e-commerce. We spent a lot of time talking about which of the healthcare companies actually was benefiting. And we also looked at what the impact on the travel industry was. I think it's interesting to talk about what's happened to e-commerce over the last month. There hasn't been a ton of changes in the healthcare space. People are still going to the CDC. They're still going to WHO. People are still WebMDing and healthlining as well. But in e-commerce, we are seeing some fluctuations. Talk to me about what you're seeing in e-commerce. Yeah, so I think like the first one you always have to start with in e-commerce is what's going on with Amazon. Relatively stable. Like you've seen some increases, but nothing too exciting. Bigger news with them is they did announce kind of cutting back on their AdWords spend. So that has a ripple effect. But, you know, there's still the big elephant in the room. Still doing well, but nothing too much from a change month over month perspective from a visibility points. Other ones that have had substantial kind of movements, which has been a common company that we've talked about on the podcast, Walmart had a really strong month. They started with it about three or four weeks back with a roughly like a 7% jump in their visibility and have maintained that over the last couple of weeks with some small single digit growth in there as well. So Walmart's in that list. Best Buy is another one too, where initially you saw the spike in like home office segment within electronics. We were looking for keyboard, mouse, all those areas of adjusting to at home. Electronics within e-commerce, it's something that I insist in. We're kind of seeing the numbers come back where you're seeing rises in computers, TVs, people, well, not necessarily necessities for the home office, but things that they're interested in. So Best Buy has bounced back a little bit from a rough January. So they're not quite back where they were at the start of the year, but they regained some ground. And then I'd say like the most interesting, most notable change has been actually Home Depot. And Home Depot, I would say out of this group, definitely has the largest growth that we've seen during the quarter. And really for the last few months, you know, even going into the tail end of last year, this is one of the websites among the big 10 e-commerce that's been showing some of the most growth. So do you think that these changes are based on user behavior and Google reinterpreting what people's interests are because everyone's lifestyles have changed? Or is this something that the Home Depot has done to optimize their website? Is it something that Walmart's doing to take advantage of the search queries? Or is it really just a, a user intent question? I would say it's... It's less of a user intent. Like we are seeing that change where you see a website like zoom.us that's ranking for broad general terms like rooms or conference. And so it's like Google's because of the frequency that they're seeing those terms used, they're being like, okay, they're relevant for this general broad term. And that's part of the large increase that we saw with Zoom. With these e-commerce players, it's not necessarily like 
the intent of what the user wants, but it's more of the demand of some of those queries. So you have more people searching for things like keyboards, computers, like those type of transactional intent keywords. People are at home, they're trying to do everything themselves. So that's why they're going to Home Depot. (laughs) Yeah, so I think some of it is you have an increasing search volume from this. And then I would say some of these websites too, I wouldn't put out some of the changes. And I think to cue in on those, I think it's more interesting to see the websites with the growth that have been across the entire first quarter. And ones that you see have just spiked maybe over the last four to six weeks, that I would say is more of an evolving search demand where someone like Home Depot that's been having these really strong week-over-week wins since the beginning of the year, to me, that sends more of a signal of actually making changes to the website that's not fitting within this search volume trend. So the other big news in the e-commerce space is Google made a big announcement saying that all of their product listing ads are essentially going to be free, right? People can submit their products to Google's shopping algorithm. Talk to me about the impact that that's having on SEO. Yeah, and that's an interesting one. I don't think we've fully seen the impact like in the numbers yet. But that one definitely caught my attention because if you went back like, seven years ago or so, it actually used to be a free service. And even though I saw the postings that they did on it of like helping out businesses, I don't know if I fully believe that. Like, I think this is something that we know that Google's been losing ground to Amazon and some of the other players in the e-commerce space. So to me, it would be hard to separate this from a business strategy of just, hey, we're helping people as like a potential point on also increasing inventory for that space. So I think. It's something that's interesting. We're not necessarily seeing being that this is like within the shopping tab within Google's page. I don't think that we're seeing an impact from a search present on that change. But I do think there are, that's going to be one piece that's interesting. Shopify announced their shop app that's putting them into the marketplace to compete with Google Shopping as well as Amazon as well. But I think as far as like, and really even maybe potential kind of losers for it. One thing that we are seeing, and I think this connects back to what we mentioned with Amazon on reducing spend, is we are seeing that there are less keywords that are triggering AdWords. And there's been several posts and studies going around that have shown that there's been a decrease in CPC, meaning that more people are pulling back on ad spend. So, you know, you do have some better pricing available. But with that, as far as like what we're seeing from our data set, is we're actually seeing a decrease in the percentage of queries that we're tracking that are triggering whether it's an AdWords at the top of the page, bottom of the page, or product listing. And most notably, the last two weeks have brought a pretty substantial decrease in the product listing, which is typically around 80% of a lot of these e-commerce's ad spend. So talk to me about why you think we're seeing less ad volume I have a hypothesis that marketers are pulling back their budgets, so there's just less inventory being filled by Google. Is that the only factor contributing to why we're seeing less advertising on search results pages? Yeah, I agree that that's the most significant contributor with Amazon being a large part of that. And whenever Amazon makes a change in their AdWords spend, you see it across the entire e-commerce space. And like, When Amazon introduced, hey, we're going to run PLA ads, you saw an increase of CPC across the board on PLAs. 
when Amazon announced a few weeks ago that they're decreasing, that's going to have an impact. And PLA being e-com specific, that's where you're going to see it the most visible. So I'd say that would be the most significant contributor of it. But I also think that advertisers, and rightfully so, advertisers are being more targeted in where they're spending. So instead of like, hey, blanket approach, every product kind of going there, honing in on the categories that are doing well. So honing in on the home and garden, the electronics, whether it's home delivery on groceries and stuff like that, those categories and staying away from maybe ad spend on things like luxury fashion goods. So we're seeing lots of changes in the e-commerce landscape. We're also seeing some changes in how people are consuming content. Talk to me a little bit about what we're seeing in the online education space. Seems like that's something that's relevant. People are at home. If they don't have kids, they have lots of free time. If they have kids, may the force be with you. (laughs) What are we seeing in the online education space? Yeah, and this is an interesting one too, because we saw and noticed this kind of back on like Google Trends that there's a huge uptick in the online learning categories. And I think we know that there's been a lot of companies that have been hit hard with this and you know have had to put in place layoffs or furlough. And so you have some people that are sitting at home with more time on their hands. So we have seen from a search demand perspective, a sharp increase in online learning type queries. But when it translates over to visibility, there's really two strong winners that spotted right off the bat within these kind of like online classes, Coursera and Udemy. So those are the two ones that are really kind of like separating themselves and not from each other. The difference between the two is only like a thousand points or so. So those are neck and neck. But interesting enough, Linda, who also has online courses, has been relatively stagnant during this entire time. So I think that's a good example of those domains catching the rising tide to it and Linda having actually some missed opportunity to making sure that they're competing in those queries as well. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So it seems like the industry as a whole, online education is improving. Are we seeing the same things happening at the university level? Are people going to the university sites to get online education or just the content providers? 
So yeah, the universities, not the same sharp upticks that we're seeing with these online courses. And I think a big piece of that is one, like Coursera and all the others are offering courses from the universities in those platforms. You can take classes from Michigan State, UCLA, whatever, in those different platforms. And that's just, hey, I'm going to take one class. But as far as like the enrollment in a full bachelor's, master's, etc., not seeing really huge changes there. So there has been some movement in the universities. Like did notice USC had a pretty decent uptick for where they're at. And some movements, but not the same large, significant surge that we're seeing within these online trainings for online learning. So it's interesting to me, we're seeing a change in e-commerce. Obviously, people are starting to think more about what they want to buy. Maybe they're fixing up their home. Home Depot is having a, a nice little run in terms of its search visibility. People are starting to think about how to get educated. So we're seeing some of the Coursera's and Udemy's of the world start to see a big boost in terms of how Google prioritizes them. What about in the healthcare space? Yeah, so the first one in the healthcare, starting with the two largest players, WebMD, Mayo Clinic, pretty much flat. Like there, there's nominal change week over week over the last month. So those ones, and we know that this is a, a sector that has increasing demand. So I think that's notable in the sense of, hey, these guys aren't really capturing much of that. And then if we say like, okay, where is that traffic going? No surprises here. The CDC is continuing to grow. And last week they didn't, but otherwise they kind of stagnant this last week. But otherwise, since the beginning of this consistent growth week over week of what their coverage is, same thing for the WHO, not as pronounced and considerably lower than the CDC, but they're also had a very obviously strong couple months, unfortunately. Kind of interesting, though, is the last few weeks, the WHO has actually declined. So it hasn't been substantial decline points, but in the two to five point range. So this can be an interesting to monitor. It's like, are people having a fatigue? I've read enough about this stuff. Like, I just want to forget about it. Or and is it kind of taking its course as far as like a certain behavior aspect? Are they losing ground? And um, I think it's a little too early to tell from that. But I'd say definitely the CDC is continuing to capture the most. But I would say that really the surprising one that had substantial increases was health grades. And health grades had an excellent one. This last week alone, they had a 26-point increase. But you can go back to the very start of the year, end of last year that we started this surge and this growth. And they ended the year around a visibility score of about 25,000. And now they've actually surpassed the 100,000 mark. So in the month in particular, substantial, I'd say roughly estimating probably like a 35% increase. But for the whole year, they've definitely been strengthening and kind of improving elements of the site, kind of regain some of that market share. Interesting to me that health grades, obviously in the healthcare industry, but really the center of their website is around finding a doctor and a hospital and understanding who the right care providers are, not necessarily doing home education. Probably something that's good for the world. You mentioned that, you know, maybe people aren't paying attention to the World Health Organization website as much because they're oversatiated with coronavirus content. Tyson, I could tell you that I'm there. Let's just do a deep dive. 
Who's winning in the sports world? I miss it so much. Unfortunately, I think we're all losing in the sports world because I miss sports quite a bit. But as far as like which websites and which leagues are doing well, not that substantial changes. I was actually expecting to see a little bit more of an uptick from the NFL with the draft. They actually had a little bit of a decline in the last couple of weeks, but nothing super substantial. So it's been relatively consistent. MLB, very, very minor increases, but I'd say all four of the big leagues of NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, all of them are remaining rather stagnant. How about the content providers, the ESPN, Bleacher Report, or CBS Sports of the World? Yeah, I mean, I think ESPN, I was actually expecting to see a little bit more of an uptick, which you're seeing some. So, you know, maybe Michael Jordan's still doing his work for them. Michael Jordan, The Last Dance documentary, even for the non-sports fan. Uh, It's a wonderful documentary. You should check it out. Which, yeah, I mean, it's about the closest thing to live sports again that I've been seeing. But the one that is actually has been kind of gaining some grounds and they're still ways behind ESPN. But Leisure Report has had a strong start to the year, not just for the last month, but I'd say they are hitting an all-time high for the last 12 months, which given in a space that is suffering a bit for recent news and things like that, I would say that's definitely a win for Bleacher Report. Yeah, I think that's an interesting commentary on content businesses in general, you know, ones that are affected without real live news. Bleacher Report is a website that really focuses on short-form content, highlights, not necessarily recaps, And so they're kind of meme-oriented content, and they've seen an increase in visibility during the period of the coronavirus. While we've seen ESPN, you know, stay flat and, and, you know, maybe even go down slightly, even with the launch of the Jordan documentary. I guess last question for you, since we have to talk a little sports, I can't do more coronavirus content for anybody else who is a sports fan. The Last Dance documentary came out. It's the biggest thing in the sports world. Tell me how the Michael Jordan keyword is performing. So Michael Jordan won. No real surprise here. Wikipedia is still locking down that number one placement. So that's kind of as to be expected from the space. But ESPN has made some ground there. And they actually have a stacked ranking. And Lisa is right now in position four and five for MJ's bio. And then also having that movement with the Last Dance documentary one spot behind that in position five. What's interesting to me is it doesn't look like search volume has actually changed very much in the Michael Jordan documentary. Well, I mean, it's Michael Jordan. It's like, it's just always <laughs> like a 10, right? <laughs> well, his athleticism is a 10 out of 10, but the search volume is is actually kind of like a 7 out of 10. Uh, He's still a retired basketball player and an NBA owner. Yeah, but this this many years past his career, he's at a seven. That's that's still amazing. Yeah, wonderful. All right, Tyson, let's do it. Give me your winners and losers for the SEO community for the month. Who's your winner for the month? My winner, and it, this is just in the volume, I would actually give it to health grades and a short, close second place, I'd give it to Home Depot. Both those websites beyond the month have had a really strong first part of this year trending in the right direction. I'm going Bleacher Report, the short-form content, topical sports content, helping keep guys like me sane. And obviously, they've had some great gains in SEO as well. Talk to me about who your losers are for the week. 
losers, I'm going to kind of go out of the norm on this one. And I'm going to throw Google under the bus. I think seeing the kind of decrease in AdWords presence, I mean, I'm sure it's not really like necessarily hurting them, but also them really trying to scrap together a little bit more market share in this e-commerce world. I'd actually put them as kind of like a loser for this month. You know what? You know who I'm going to go with a loser? I'm going to go with the keyword coronavirus. Coronavirus, we are sick of you. <laughs> go away. We want to talk about something else next month. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tyson Stockton, the Vice President of Services at Searchmetrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton, or you could visit his company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, Head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.